Hey, everybody. Welcome All to right. the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, this is your uh, co-host, Corey Cottrell. We've got uh, Rio on the line. Uh, and we've got a special guest today. Uh, Kyle Payne is, uh, is on here. Uh, he's going to be uh, uh, chatting with us. Uh, we should find out where uh, uh, where Kyle is actually uh, calling in from because I don't know. We just had a fantastic conversation before coming on air about Bitcoin. That was fun. Uh, Rio is still in uh, Germany. I'm going to definitely make him say the name of that town again because that's how we do that. Uh, and we're going to get into uh, into this uh, interview. All right. Yeah. So I'm Kyle. Uh, I'm calling in from Portland. I was born in Iowa, but uh, raised here in Portland, Oregon. So. Um, yeah, I'm a part of the, I guess you would call it working class or working poor. Um, I make $12,000 a year. I live in a one-bedroom apartment with five other people uh, and four dogs, actually. Um, kind of a problem. But uh, anyways, the, I work at a doggy daycare, so um, my goal is after automation hits, that's kind of one job that I don't think will automate first. Um, so my goal is to open up one of my own, uh, take care of other people's dogs. But to do that, you need land, you need other things. So that's kind of that's kind of my short life story there. Uh, but I first came to hear about Yang through uh, his Joe Rogan podcast, um, as I think a lot of people did. Uh, I listen to Joe Rogan often. I just love uh, I have I commute to work two hours each way, so uh, Joe Rogan is kind of what I listen to. And when he was on there at first, the thought of giving away free money, I was like, "What is this guy doing? This sounds so crazy." Um, and so I was like, I got to listen to the rest of it. I'll, I'll decide later. And he kind of swayed me with the VAT tax, um, saying how it's, you know, paid for right away. Um, and I thought about it, you know, my job is a service industry job. When people have money, they get their dogs groomed, they take them out to daycare. Um, so that would, that would literally explode what my future job is. So that's kind of where, where I started really thinking about it, you know? Yeah, no, that and th- that kind of goes back into the local economy th- stuff that he talks about all the time. Uh, go ahead, Rio. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, Kyle, how are you? Uh, so everybody, I know Kyle because he's uh, a longtime member of the uh, Conservatives for Andrew Yang group that I run on Facebook. He's been a really smart, active member of it, so we decided to have him on the show. Um, yeah, so uh, Kyle, could you talk a little bit? You um, In our group, you were kind of mentioning... You- you were saying that it's kind of hard for some people on the left to understand why I, uh, somebody who is working poor, as you described it, would support fiscally conservative policy. So where are you coming from on that? And how does that tie into your support for Yang? So a lot of that, honestly, so I'm not as book smart as, uh, as you guys are, definitely. Um, so a lot of that is just how I grew up. I was born in Iowa. So, you know, third generation pastor's kid. Um, a lot of it came from the social side at first. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely, as I went to college, has, have strained from the, the idea of, like, illegal weed or, um, you know, uh, there's all the different social subjects that I've probably changed my mind on. And now I look at it more um, from a, a fiscal perspective. Um, and it's definitely, I just, the idea of working for your money, not taking what other people have earned, um, you know, the idea of, of fairness, but not in, in um not in outcome, um, but in, in like the game. Um, so like, those are the, the core ideas that I hold. And I don't see that in the left. I, I see the, the idea of, I want everyone equal. And even if that means we have to take from the really rich to make that happen. Um, so that's kind of, and maybe that's you know, a little crass, but that's kind of what, what I see. 
Well, I, that's, that's awesome because, uh, well, I mean, um, I've been, I've been kind of uh, defending those values on the show and Corey's been pushing back on them a little bit, but you know, Yang is our taco, hashtag Yang is our tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More guns. <laughs> More finger guns. Andrew Yang is our taco. Oh my God, that's um, good. But no, I mean, I, I, think, I, think what, I think what you're describing is really noble and I, I think that it actually gets to the heart, uh, Kyle, of, um, of what Yang's trying to do because his, his idea is he wants to help people like you achieve the American dream that you're working very hard to achieve and that you deserve to achieve. Um, he doesn't want to keep you trapped on the government dole. Um, he doesn't want you trapped by welfare cliffs and things like that, which even Corey acknowledges now is a real thing. Yeah. Um, and, but, you know, he wants to, he basically, you know, would, uh, from what you described, it sounds like he would more or less double your income um, and mm -hmm. not in a way that would prevent you from working. You know, it's not means tested. They're not going to say, oh, well, you're working, therefore you only get this and not that. You just, and, and you don't have to go through, you know, you don't have to sign up in some line where you, someone as noble as yourself would be uh, ashamed to do. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you just get it, but you don't have to feel bad about it because I'm getting it, Corey's getting it, you know, Barack Obama is getting it, <laughs> Elon Musk is getting yeah. it, getting it because we're Americans and we're shareholders in this economy. And that can just like, it would make it so much easier for you to like, you know, you're, you're, you're working hard and you're saving money and you can stack it away and, and buy a rural property outside Portland. It's beautiful up there. Um, yeah, it is. I, 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 yes, let's get Yang elected and help you achieve that vision, brother. And yeah, that's, that's what's crazy to me is that it would literally improve my life tenfold, um, a UBI. And just that, just that, that's the one policy, right? So it's like, I don't think there's been any politician that's offered something like that for us, um, the working class. Um, the welfare thing, like I get, so I went in for food stamps when I first moved into this apartment. And I get $15 of food stamps at $12,000 a month because I have no dependents. Um, I'm, I'm working 42 hours a week. Um, so it's just, I, I don't understand how, like, I can, because I literally, there's nights where I don't eat, right? So it's, it, it, it's crazy to me um, that, that welfare doesn't help someone like me because uh, that seems like who it's there for, right? So that's where the UBI is like, it, it really does help. Yeah, I uh, I got I got to chime in and, and and agree. I mean, I think the 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 and I think you know, people like Elizabeth Warren. There are some people uh, you know on the on the left now that are are sort of trying to speak to the the working poor, but not enough and not unilaterally, not universally. Uh, you know, all of Elizabeth Warren's ideas are good. They're all piecemeal, right? So it, like it, it again, mm -hmm. like Andrew Yang, like right off the bat, imagine, imagining that, like understanding what you want. I've got two dogs. They're like literally right over there. I got you know two giant dogs and they love going to doggy daycare. So yeah. you know, knowing that, you know, if you're making 12 grand a year now, you could start that day one, right? Day one, mm -hmm. Kyle's freaking like, I would drive to Portland just to let you take care of my dogs for a couple of days. Cause they, like that. <laughs> literally start that uh, right off the bat it'd be really really can come down to wife and my dogs when we're in germany next time too there you go <laughs> yep so, uh kyle why why do you why do you think it is that a lot of people on on the left and obviously yang has to win a democratic primary so why why do you think it is i mean considering the fact that his policies would be so good for someone like you why do you why do you think it is that so many people in the democratic primary primary are resistant to yang's policies so far it, are well, they? so i honestly think it's because he's pro-capitalism i think he makes it very clear that he doesn't want to end capitalism and i think that there's an extreme section of the left that's very vocal um that's very anti-capitalism 
um, whether that's, you know, uh, they, they have reason to be or not. Um, I, I do think that's the way it is. And so I think that they're being very vocal against him. And, and why is it that you yourself are, are pro-capitalism? Why, what, why would that be? Well, because, uh, so even in my situation, I recognize that I, I'm in one of the greatest uh, countries in the world, I believe. Um, and I think a lot of that is because of capitalism. Um, I think that it, it, it really does raise um, the lower class up. Because if I was, I've been to Africa, I've built wells there, been to Haiti after the earthquake. So I, like I've seen horrible, horrible living conditions and we're nowhere near that. Um, and so that's where, that's where I think that capitalism really does work. Yeah, Corey and I touched on that a little bit. Um, and uh, we acknowledge that what we have now, uh, our current capitalist system um, really has uh, taken us beyond a kind of the feudalism that we had in the Middle Ages. It really did make mm -hmm. it, I mean, the middle class didn't exist before capitalism, frankly. Um, mm -hmm. Ideas of Adam Smith really made that possible. Um, and, you know, uh, I can understand why you would want to have a floor. We all believe in having a floor. That's why we support Yang. I mean, I, I know people who are anarcho-capitalists who you might say are to the right of me. And they're like, no, we don't need no floor. The floor is called starving on the streets. You know, like, we don't want that. I don't support that either. I, I think what, what's, mm -hmm. what's great about Yang is he does have the potential as a person because of his demeanor and character, but also as his policies even beyond him, if he doesn't win, I hope whichever party, as far as I'm concerned, embraces his platform is gonna be the one I'm gonna be supporting going forward. If that's a democratic party, then I'll be a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I actually changed, I registered as a Democrat to vote for him in Oregon, which I thought I would never do, um, so. Awesome. There's that. Yeah, I, sec I second that as the uh, the local democratic uh, representative. <laughs> and I, you know, I've seen I've seen some of the uh, you know like I talk to Reed about this all the time like that I get really really worried about um you know you like throwing the terms capitalist and socialist around the way that we do because that's what the problem mm -hmm. is on the left, right? The people that that you know have you know, they, yeah, they, they hung out at Occupy Wall Street. They, the gripes about that are, are, are extremely accurate as far as I'm concerned. What happened in 2007 to 2009 is so dark. Most people don't even know how dark, really freaking dark. Um, so I, I, get, I get that impulse, but most of them are, that are saying like, you know, oh, we totally want socialism. What they're really saying is they just want Canadian healthcare. That's well, literally all they're saying. The ones who are saying that, then they should be voting for Andrew Yang. Right? Well, 100%, right? Or like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe you haven't talked to the ones I've talked to, Corey. But there are some actual communists out there. I've had well, and no, you're right. Yeah. And so I, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to mention. I was I've had them literally tell me that they want capitalism to fail because they think that when the when when everything burns down, right, we're all making babies on the ashes. That oh my god, we'll be able to rise out of it. So yeah, I I have seen. But again, like I've I've seen one person on one podcast kind of espouse that espouse that view. Um, and, and really no one else. Right. And I run a, a, I think, I think we can agree that if that's not what they're talking about, then they should stop using the words incorrectly. <laughs> well, and this, this is the thing, right? taking them at their word. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, like now any, anytime. So, so they, they, uh, one of the guys at the democratic convention was talking about Medicare for all being a crappy idea. Uh, and of course he got booed to within an inch of his life. It was, was fantastic. That Delaney or Hickenlooper? Both actually it, it, it happened. It happened to both of them. And uh, he said, you can't have any socialism. And they're like, well, you know, obviously they're, they're still, they're still booing them. Right. So socialism in that context, again, we're just talking about creating a floor. That's it. Right. 
So yeah, but the, I, I have seen a couple of people that are like, no, 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 capitalism has to die. And I'm like, yeah, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And again, yeah. like in a hyper technological society where UBI is at hundred percent, I mean, okay. If you, if you have a box in your house that can literally print you anything you want, maybe like full Star Trek economy, but. Hey Kyle, were you going to say something? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, so in Portland, we're very, very lefty, very liberal. Um, and I see it a lot. I mean, there is, I mean, probably one in one in three conversations I have uh, are, are either, you know, vote in, vote in this Democrat, Bernie Sanders or anarchy, you know, like it, they are so um, headstrong about Bernie Sanders and the idea of democratic socialism just for the key word of socialism, because they're done with capitalism. Like they don't even know what the two words really mean. Agreed. They're just, you know, the, so it's it's really hard to um, to conversate with someone like that. And I so that's where I get so frustrated. I'm like, I'm done with the left. I'm done with Democrats. Um, and so that's where, like, I've been for a long time. And so when Andrew Yang kind of came out and was like, you know, here's your taco, I was like, oh, okay, let's talk. Let's eat some tacos and talk. So I, it was, I mean, that's a great analogy, and that's really what happened. <laughs> it's Asian, Asian, Latin Asian fusion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well done here's your taco kyle <laughs> dude that's yeah. so awesome I, I i think the bernie sanders thing is largely a cult of personality i think there are a lot of people who are convinced that Old. like he screwed him and they just kind of want like cosmic justice and they're willing to burn the whole thing down over it. i but, think that i think that's part of it i think that's part of where the energy is at that separates him from the rest of the people but that's only because the rest of the people are copying his policies now right like Medicare, Medicare for all in 2015, 2016. Except, was, except Yang. Yang's got no, a lot. I'm telling you right now, the difference between Andrew Yang's Medicare for all and Bernie Sanders' Medicare for all is just the fact that he basically said that insurance companies will have to stop providing a lot of the care for people because it'll be done through the government. It's semantics. They're identical, right? But then you add on the tribal, the tribal layers and the fact that everyone wants to call themselves socialist. That's the problem. When, if you ask those socialists what policy they like, they're just going to say Medicare for all. They're not going to like very few of them, I think, would understand that socialism means actually capturing all of the means of production and that we all you know, live off $10 a year. Uh, but again, mm -hmm. I know there are exceptions to that. And again, Andrew Yang is our mother truck and taco. And we get to actually talk about policy. So maybe that's the difference, right? Andrew Yang came in and said, you know, I'm not either one of these things. But here's all the policies that I have without like he managed to avoid threading that needle, avoiding being called, you know, uh, uh, lefty or whatever. Well, he calls himself a capitalist because he likes capitalism, but comes out with this idea that, you know, reasonably people would call socialism, even though it's not. Um, so. So, yeah. Andrew Yang is our taco. That's that's it. Shows up. <laughs> Such a great meme. It really is, dude. I, 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 I actually do think that their, their Medicare for all policies are, are pretty distinct. Um, and Corey touched on it because of the fact that Yang's is a public option. And I think Sanders, is, Sanders may have started with a public option maybe in 2016, but he definitely seems to have gotten a bit more actually socialist in the sense that the government takes over the entire medical industry basically under his new policy. So there is a difference. Yeah, but, I, I think it, you might be right about that. I, I, agree, I agree with you, Corey, though, that that is probably the area where Yang and Sanders have the most in common policy-wise. Um, after that, they diverge pretty pretty wildly. I agree. Right? Yep. I mean, um, the, the way I see it is like the difference is Yang wants to give money back to the American people and kind of trickle up economics where regular people 
rebuild economies through their own auto autonomous choices in the market. And um, Sanders wants to continue to create even more like band-aids and patchworks on top of, on top of our already very band-aidy pat patchwork nanny state, yep. um, which is, in my opinion, would basically strang strangle the economy in the long term. Um, so, I mean, the way where I'm coming from is like if, if the choice is between, you know, status Joe, as they call him, and Bernie Sanders, I'll, I'm afraid I'll have to go on the side of status Joe. But <laughs> status, I would, status I would, I would Joe? Prefer, is that what they're calling Biden now? Yeah, they're calling him Status Joe. I'm stealing that. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> but, you know, but like obviously I'd prefer, I'd prefer Yang because, um, you know, in a way Yang represents real progress, you know, yeah. Which, going back to our very first conversation Corey and I had, I, I don't, I don't really distinguish between conservative and progressive. I, I think that people should be both of those things, actually. I think we should all want to mm. consider what's good about society. And we should all want to progress in ways that as long as it's preserving what's good, it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater who doesn't like progress. So like Yang's version of progress is that it's sober. It's saying it preserves what's good about our system. It's not, it's not risky and dangerous. You know, I mean, it's like the different Bernie Sanders is like you're, you're playing poker and you go all in on a bluff. That's pretty much what Bernie Sanders is. Yang is like, it's like the smart poker player who's like calculating the odds and doing the math, <laughs> make America think harder. Make them mm. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. You know, and, and again, in a, in a vacuum, and I, we've talked about this on the show before, but in a vacuum, the, 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 you know, $15 minimum wage and the jobs guarantee, I would be for that. Right. Cause it's better than doing nothing for the, the people that are, you know, kind of in that, you know, in those situations, but yeah, compared to the freedom dividend, there is no fricking comparison in any way. Right, because like those things aren't necessarily uh, uh, you know uh, going to help Kyle. Right, that's really what it boils down to. Like people that are are you know either either homeless. There's a lot of that around here, or you know that are just on the bubble that are having to worry about that kind of stuff. Why not do this thing that is not that big of a deal? The VAT tax is already being done in Europe. We can figure that out. It's only half that anyway, and we can actually change everybody's lives. Like what the hell? Tacos for everyone. <laughs> Tacos for everyone. Uh, for <laughs> on every corner. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna start a taco stand for fun. <laughs> is, there, is there anything you want to add to that, to yes, Kyle? Please. Um. So, well, one thing that's funny is that as someone who makes well under fifteen dollars an hour, I think it's um, a rash decision uh, to make it federally. That I think you should leave it up to the states because there are many states that, like small small businesses, could not handle that. They would like immediately shut down. Um, like, for example, my doggy daycare would not be able to handle that. We, our prices would go up like crazy. We wouldn't get clients in. Um, and I'm kind of the manager there. So I, I know how, um, how our books are and they're very tight at the moment. So it's like, we can't, um, we couldn't, th there's no way we could do that. So I think that while it's, it's a good idea, um, I just don't think practically, um, in a lot of places it would work. Yeah, no, I, I, again, as, as a died in the wool progressive, um, you know, I, I definitely see that, you know, that, that generally speaking, and this is, would be my argument to most conservatives is that where you raise the minimum wage, if you do it responsibly, you're not going to do it overnight, right? you you scale that thing up over, uh, mm -hmm. uh, over a little while. It, it works out. There's actually never been a place where raising the minimum wage responsibly didn't work out for the economy. Obviously there's some, uh, some changes in that, but now with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, automation coming down the pike, it is a huge problem. Because it's just going to accelerate that, right? If you're working, yeah, like yeah. Walmart, with, like doing the whole fifteen dollars minimum wage, they're like, 
that cool story, bro. They're going to literally automate everything. And re- seriously, around here, they just spent 20, 22, 23 million dollars on little robots to clean the floors. And they said that's working mm-hmm. so well. They're going to start doing stocking. They're going to start doing everything else. Like it literally, the game is now on. It's happening exponentially and no one's paying attention to it. So five years from now, $15 minimum wage will just mean that you're getting paid for a job that doesn't exist. Oh, and Kyle, how would, how would you feel about a jobs guarantee? Yeah, that's even worse. I mean, that's uh, the whole idea is like, okay, so what jobs are these 32 million people who currently can't get a job in our, our system? And like, I've changed jobs kind of frequently. So it's, it's fairly easy to get a minimum wage job, at least in Portland. There's so many of them available right now. Um, and so it's like, are these people, A, they don't want to do the hard work. Um, B, they don't, they can't. Um, C, uh, you know, they don't want to. Um, so it's it just it, the idea that the government is going to be able to manage 32 million people who are out of jobs is just, um, I don't know how, uh, and, and give them $15 an hour while doing it. So I, I just yeah. think it's, it's yeah. too much. It's too big. It's too big of a, benefits like, whereas UBI, let's just have one person write a, uh, 312 million checks. You know, that's so much easier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the, the jobs guarantee, it could be done. I mean, we've done uh, giant infrastructure programs. We've done, you know, the, like a, the military World War II is another good example of of where, you know, the government drove us into full and good employment because I mean, we're really close to full employment now and it all sucks, right? It, you know, obviously that... The, <laughs> Gig economy uh, and yeah. Right, right. So the government could do it, but at the same time, it could also go horribly wrong. <laughs> You know, like it, there's no, there's no guarantee that, that it would get high risk, right? That, yeah, it, it kind of is right. Yeah. It's one thing if you're doing it under like if Elon Musk or, or Yang, if Yang, if Yang had a jobs guarantee, right, he'd have an infrastructure pl- a bank and he'd be doing all sorts of crazy stuff. But if Trump had this, it'd be like, cool, let's all give them shovels and have them make mounds of whatever horseshit, who knows? Right. So, so yeah, no, yeah. I, again, compared to the freedom dividend, there is just no comparison. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm, uh, I'm running out of time, so I think I'll, uh, I'll let you guys uh, finish off this conversation. It's been fun. Um, and again, I apologize for the layman's uh, explanations on a lot of things. Hey. Like I said, I, I'm more emotional argumenter um, when it comes to these things because I just don't know a lot. So it's been awesome. All right. Not, hold on. Don't leave yet. I absolutely okay. never apologize like that again to us. Because, like, <laughs> okay. It, there, there was no non-book smarts. There was, there was no part of this conversation that didn't have you completely and totally engaged in talking about uh, policy and economics intelligently, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah. no, you're, Well, you're, thank you. I appreciate the compliment. Thank you for your perspective, man. Thanks for coming in, Kyle. We yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, right, of course. Uh, you guys have a good rest of your day. Yep. Take care, man. Ciao. That was great. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. And I, like, I, I didn't know that, that he was on the bubble like that when, when uh, uh, you know, when you were talking about it, you're basically saying like, he's, he's working class, he's a working class conservative or whatever. It, it, it's quite different when you're, you know, working class and you're literally making what the freedom dividend would be giving you. Like he would literally double his income the first day. Yeah. And I mean, one thing that I, that struck me while I was listening to him is that I um, actually in our own, in our own uh, moving forward group, Corey, um, there was somebody um, no, I take that back. It was, it was in my conservatives group. There was somebody who was saying, you know, that he had a problem that, uh, he was like, well, you know, I'm making a thousand dollars a month and, and as you know, somebody's working, I'm going, it'll, my, my income will double. But for some reason he had, he felt like that was, it was unfair 
that it would be so good for him, but it would be it wouldn't be equally good for somebody who was getting say $2,000 a month in welfare benefits right now. And I just couldn't wrap my mind around why someone in, in that position who is working full time um, would have take issue with the fact that there would be a system that would actually make it possible for them to survive. Yeah. If, if I were in this position, I would frankly be resentful towards somebody who wasn't working. It was already getting twice as much as me. There's this, there's this, there's this, there's this something about the bleeding heart left that I just have a really hard time understanding the way they think. It's like, dude, care about yourself and your own family sometimes. Like you've got to put yourself first in real life sometimes. It can't all just be about looking out for other people. You know, I mean, it worked well enough for Jesus, I guess, but you know, <laughs> I, um, if, 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 uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody pointed out like, uh, Jesus's policies would like our own, our own, uh, defense department wouldn't survive the application of his policies. Like if you no. actually tried to do what he told us to do, we would all be like the crazy people wandering around homeless in sandals, like, you know, uh, for most of my adult life. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I, like I saw a meme yesterday, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a better Christian than uh, basically any Trump supporter and I'm an atheist. That is <laughs> That's that's me right there. Like it, you know, it's it, uh, uh, it's an interesting thing to see. I mean, that religion talk is a, that's a whole that's a whole it, other it, podcast, dude. It is, it is a whole other podcast, but it is remarkable to me. It's not just Christians, but really all religious people. It's remarkable to me how often they haven't actually read their own holy books. <laughs> yep. But you know, I mean, in Trump's defense, I don't think he's read a book in the last thirty years of any kind. So you I think I think that's being generous. You're assuming he ever has. Um, <clears throat> Kyle said he wasn't book smart. Kyle's perfectly book smart. I'll bet you he's read yeah. times as many books as Donald Trump has. I would not take that bet. I think Even you're right. He's a third his age. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. In any one year, he's read more than the entire Trump family combined for the 20 or 30 years. I'll take the bet. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's legit. Um, so, uh, so what else wanted, you know, uh, you know, with the, the, I mean, I think we would just be reiterating, like, I think that, like, thinking about Kyle on the first day, maybe that's something we should do, right? Like, like freedom to end first month. What does that look like, right? The, one, of the, one of the ladies from uh, the Moving Forward group, you know, Annette was talking about, you know, uh, uh, you know, she's on disability and her husband is basically, you know, taking care of her full time. And this would, like, dramatically change their lives, right? Like, this, this would be a huge, uh, a huge thing. Um, and you know, for, for somebody like Kyle, he could literally just stop doing what he's doing right now and start his business and be living the same life, but start increasing his own income, you know, looking after other people's dogs and, and striking out on his own and doing what he wants to do if he wanted to. Right. I, I don't know if he'd be able to start on day one from, it sounds like, I mean, Portland is a fairly expensive area, which is probably why he's got like four roommates in his one bedroom apartment. That's true. Um, you know, but I think what he would do is he'd keep doing the job, which he seems like a fairly happy guy, you know, oh, yeah. and, and he, he likes dogs. I love that he's a dog lover. I'm a dog lover, you know, so like he's, he's doing something that he's, he's happy with. He's young. He can, he can do the roommates thing. You know, they probably get together and smoke a bowl together at night or whatever. It's not, you know, there are worse ways to live. So I, if I were him, probably what I'd do is I'd keep that gig that I like taking care of dogs. I'd, you know, sock away my UBI money every month until I had a down payment on a property, a rural property out in a cheaper part of Oregon. Yeah. I'd buy that and I'd start taking care of people's dogs. And he could do that within a couple of years, no problem. That makes and more sense. Like, even yeah. if his day-to-day -day life was insufferable, which I don't think it is, um, but even if it were, 
uh, just knowing that there was an out, that he had a long-term plan and that he wouldn't be stuck doing that for the rest of his life would make such an enormous difference in his life. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I would totally drive to Portland and drop my dogs off for the day just for the hell of it. That'd be really cool. <laughs> but like I said, it'd be worth it. It would be worth it for him to come down to NorCal and look after our right? Well, maybe, yeah. Like, yeah, when we when for a we whole take, month, I mean, you know, right? Yeah, when we take the moving forward podcast on uh, on tour, we could just make sure we stop in Portland and be like, "What's up, um, man?" Could you imagine doing this podcast in a world with freedom, the freedom dividend in it? What would we talk about? The freedom <laughs> we would talk. We would just tour the country talking about how people's lives are being changed by the freedom dividend. And yeah. never mind, like we've got we've got iterations of the moving forward podcast planned for after Yang's policies. But screw that, we could just do that for over and over and over again. I think it'd be fun. Well, yeah, and I mean, uh, after this one, we're going to do another policy episode, and uh, you know, but Yang still has a bajillion policies we haven't gone through. Yeah. Um. And but what's what's great about it is that, as you said, Corey, it's like a the freedom dividend is like a it's like a superpower. It's like an upgrade. Every other policy gets better when you put the freedom dividend upgrade on it. Yep. Um, and 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 what, part of what I loved is that a lot of the the conservative arguments that I've made about you know voting with your feet and states' rights and stuff like that. You 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 thought about it and you're like, dude, with the freedom dividend, that stuff would actually work because yes. people would be able to move. You know, yep. they would be able to quit their job if they didn't like it, right? And 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 so for those of us who believe in, you know, by the way, we talk a lot about the benefits of capitalism for the economy. The one thing that's really wonderful just on a purely like emotional level, and you know, we're emotional beings, humans are. What? No. <laughs> the one thing that's that's wonderful on an emotional level about about capitalism is as long as you have enough money, it doesn't have to be a lot, as long yep. as you have enough money you actually have freedom you have freedom right you're not you know if you're if you if you're it doesn't matter whether you're um you know uh, working under the slave master of your boss or if you're working under the slave master of the, gov the government in the case of communism which is also your boss you don't have freedom in capitalism with 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 your own resources your own your ability to own your own capital is the only way that human beings have ever truly been free and what what's wonderful about yang is it's it's making it possible for everybody to enjoy that freedom that you and i have enjoyed Corey. and that's that's a future it's, it's like i mean i say i'm not a bleeding heart but i'm also not like a total asshole either like i don't you I obviously are. would prefer i'd prefer to live in a world where everybody was happy it's just that i genuinely believe that lowering the ceiling which is kind of what socialism does again you know taking all your caveats about semantics into consideration that when people are talking about real socialism, they're talking about lowering the ceiling. Sure. They might raise the floor a little bit, but we also, we don't want to lower the ceiling. We want to raise the floor and keep the ceiling high. That's the ideal. And that's, that's what's so great about Yang's policies is it does just that. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. Even though let's, let's, let's face facts, the VAT tax will actually lower the ceiling in a very real way, in a way that I am entirely unsympathetic about. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's really, and I think that the I first, I don't think it would, <laughs> well, and, and you might, you might be right. Right. Cause with the, the economic, the economic stimulus of all of that money, cause all of it's going to end up in the pockets of rich people eventually anyway. Uh, yeah, no, you really might be right. Like, you, well, I don't know about all of it, but like enough of you it. You know what I mean though, right? Like, yeah. Well, okay. You know, one way to think about it is like, you've got a pie, right? The pie yeah. is like GDP as it is right now. Right. Sure. And so you can, you can think of it in kind of the Marxist framework, which is like oppressor and oppressed, and like we have to redistribute the pie, and that, that's one way of looking at it. Another way you can look at it is, hey, 
let's grow the pie. And if the pie gets bigger, right, then it's possible for people who have less to have more without having to take it away. And by the way, when I'm talking about lowering the ceiling, I'm not talking about the astronomically wealthy. I mean, I, if that ceiling goes down a little bit naturally in a way that, that isn't taking freedom from people, but it just sort of works out that way in, in the right. game of capitalism, I'm all for that. That's fine. Oh, hold on. Let me... like, I, I don't want to lower, I don't want to lower the ceiling of the middle class. I don't want to see right. the middle class disappear, which, which is, and I'm sure you'll admit this every time that real socialism has been tried anywhere. That's exactly what happened. hundred percent. No, that, this is the thing to anybody. If you're if, like, if you want to share this with somebody who's like, you know, I'm assuming a kid or someone who's like, no, real socialism is going to work. Find me one example where an actual socialist system is working and I will wait until the end of time. Right? They can find they can find social democracies, but, but that's they're, they're different. This is the thing. Yeah, when people, exactly. Right. When people talk about democratic socialism, I'm from Canada. Hello, that's us, right? That's like it is it is first and foremost the capital of the system where we started finding ways to raise the floor, which is yeah. but frankly, when people talk about socialism now, that's what they're saying, right? So like they they, they mean democratic socialism. And of course, there's some, you know, we can find the weirdos that are like, no, no, with capitalism. I'm like, yeah, okay, good talk. That's not really gonna work out. Uh, but yeah, but, that's but, like Norway, but, Finland, Canada, Switzerland. Social democracy, not democratic socialism. Those are different too. Yeah. So sure. But, but, yeah. 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 I mean, I've, well, Germany here is a is a, a social democracy. Okay. I, yeah. I don't. I don't see the difference, or really care. It's okay. Well, no. I mean, I'll, I can explain it really quickly if you want. Okay. Like, democrat, dem, democratic socialism is socialism achieved via democratic means, but it still believes in total like. Okay, no, no, in this context, nobody calling themselves a democratic socialist believes that. That's the problem. Well, maybe some right? of them might. Some of them might and some of them might not. It AOC could be doesn't, a, Bernie Sanders doesn't, nobody in Canada does, nobody in Finland does. They should, so um, social democracy is different. So it's a, it's a synonym for social liberalism and social liberalism was actually invented as an alternative to socialism. Okay. Social liberalism is basically the what you just described it's the idea that you maintain the benefits of capitalism but you create some kind of a social safety net right thing that's social that's social liberalism i'm a classical liberal which is to the right of social liberal social liberal would be center left and socialism actual socialism whether democrat or democratic or otherwise would be yeah. the true hard left and, and really this is the thing so i, I get like the t in the textbook I can absolutely see that democratic socialism would be, hey, we've got a totally democratic process, but where basically the means of production are mostly in the hands of government, right? Or entirely, yeah. Right. Oh, sure, right. No democratic socialist in America is talking about that. Not really, right? That's, that's not what they're saying. That's well, then they're making the same problem as the people you complain about on the right or using the word. 100%. <laughs> that's, that's exactly my point, right? Like, this is the dumbest, and I've been saying this forever, like, using the term socialism in your moniker whatsoever is the dumbest branding since the invention of the dumbest branding ever, right? It just, it's not good. You're not actually talking about, you're basically giving the right, you're ceding to them this, this scare tactic argument that is going to freak people out and make people think that, you know, people that are Democrats want to turn this into communist China. And none of them do, right? But oh, at the yeah, same no. time, it yeah. gives I mean, an me, opening to, to think like, that. In all fairness, I don't, I don't believe that AOC or Bernie Sanders wants communist China either. Right. Um, you can find clips of, of Bernie Sanders talking very positively about actual communist societies. Like, I mean, he is, he is definitely more sympathetic to that perspective. I agree. Than I'm comfortable with, right? 
Yeah. Um, and I think I think he might be dog whistling to people who are to his left in the same way that that Trump dog whistled to, you know, neo-Nazis and stuff. Like, I don't think Trump is really a neo-Nazi, but I think that he also is a, an awful enough person that he has no problem dog whistling. To yeah, him. I don't think he's smart enough to be a neo-Nazi. Uh, and that, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, like, I don't think he understands what it means. I don't think I he's think smart he's... enough to have any kind of a genuine ideological. 100 percent. he's just he's other than just like being a racist i'm trump i'm the best yep nailed it (laughs) that's exactly it he's stuck at age five he just wants his mom to love him and will do whatever the fuck it takes to make it happen that's it (laughs) uh and yeah so anyway that uh so what did you think about uh i guess um i I don't know if you saw the story but i guess uh bernie sanders came out with like a, a, a a addendum or amendment to his education policy recently came out pretty hard against charter schools and very much in favor of uh, increased federal funding for public schools. Did you read about that? Yeah. So um, in, I, I didn't read about that. We're having a, a huge situation here with, uh, with charter schools and it's basically where the Republicans are defunding public schools uh, and putting all the money into charter schools that are not overseen. So they're not actually even really good unless you're in a rich uh, area and so they're basically funneling all of the the rich kids into these uh, into these charter schools, and the other schools are suffering hardcore. So, I, like, I would love to see you know, in an idyllic world, I would love to see charter schools where they were you know funded out the wazoo, and they were all like Elon Musk, you know, made kind of like a Montessori thing that is like an amazing new version of education. You know, if that was available to literally everybody from 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 every class strata, I'd be all for it. That's not how it's playing out, so I would probably have to to uh, to side with Monet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the current context, um, charter schools bother me too, but I'm probably, probably from a, from a different re- for a different reason. But yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't like the idea of taking taxpayer money and then putting it into, in some cases, um, for-profit, um, it's essentially corporate, corporate welfare. Um, yep. That's a good way to put it. For-profit, uh, charter schools. And in the case of nonprofit charter schools, I mean, they're, you Milton Friedman was for that and and I think his reasoning was sound at the time his idea was that he wanted to get out of this position where people are basically trapped in just whatever public school is in their area and he wanted to give people choice um I understood where he was coming from with that uh but we talked as we talked about before I'll I'll say it again since uh, education's in the news again what I one thing I love about the UBI is as we grow it you know if we get to the point where the UBI is two or three thousand dollars a month Mm -hmm. then you have this amazing thing where you can actually start to give people choice um real choice not just you pick between this charter school which all taxpayer money goes into whether you want to or not or through this public school which all all taxpayer money goes into whether you wanted to or not instead you have this option of like dude you can like send your kid to public school or you can you know get a larger ubi and use that money to educate them through some other means in the private market that to me makes more sense because that's putting that's putting that's putting the um the the choice in the hands of the parents not just in where the kid goes, which exists now, but actually in terms of how they spend their own money, unless it's like, unless they're, and you know, it's their own UBI money, unless it's yeah. their own on the line, they're not making a real choice because of course people are often going to choose the free choice, even if it's an inferior one. Right. But if you think that it's like, all right, it's going to cost you something. It's not out of pocket because it's coming out of your massive UBI, but you know, like, or you can keep the money and send them to a private school. Then you've got like, then you've got real competition going on. And I honestly believe that public schools would be better under the circumstances. 
I, yeah, I, I think, I think that you might be right. It's interesting too. Like if we can imagine, um, you know, a, a, a child addition to the UBI, but that is flexible with how you're managing to do your schooling. And obviously there would have to be checks to make sure that, you know, like if you're homeschooling, for example, you still need to pass uh, grades all the time. Um, I mean, Michelle and I are talking about doing homeschooling, right? Like I'm, I'm, uh, home a lot busy as freaking hell at the moment, but like, you know, I'm, I'm a home a lot for your fur babies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We teach, we teach them how to sleep. We, They're super we good. Did take our, we did take our loss of to uh, puppy kindergarten and, um, our Australian shepherd got uh, private sheep herding lessons. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Mario, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, first yeah, yeah, you guys are talking about having kids, right? For real. Yeah. 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 I, I think I'm dramatically too old, but she doesn't pay attention to me. So. How old are you, Corey? Uh, <laughs> I turned 44 yesterday. Jesus, you look great, dude. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> it's the shirt. Like, the, once, once you're wearing a Nintendo shirt at 44, it's like, ah, you know, whatever. What you <laughs> You've got the hipster thing going on. Sweet. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah, that's, that, that, was, that was my goal at 30, like, be a 44-year-old hipster. So should we, uh, should we call this one and uh, yes. gear up for a policy episode? We should. Um, I want to I say thanks to Kyle again. Um, great, uh, great booking, Rio. Um, and quite frankly, I'd like to, uh, to have him on again as the, uh, um, you know, the primaries go through. Thank you to everyone who is engaging in the, uh, the moving forward, uh, podcast group. If you're not in that, we're on uh, Facebook. You can search for moving forward podcast group, uh, and, uh, and, and get in there and join the conversation. The conversations are all really, really good. Right. And there's stupid memes like, you know, Andre Angers, our taco. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we're, we're doing, uh, we're doing, uh, live Q and A's for people on Facebook there for people who are members of the group now too. So. Yes. Um, which actually they, they end up being, you know, wide ranging conversations just with, uh, with us and the whole team. Yeah. It's been, it's, I mean, I'm loving this, man. This is like, I, I do too many things at once. That is a known thing that I do. This is one of my favorite things instantaneously. Like I, yeah, no, I've got like 20 projects that I'm producing right now. So right. Yeah, this is, the, and this is the one that I was talking about over lunch. We were having our, our uh, brat first. <laughs> You're in downtown Garmisch Partenkirchen earlier yes, today. Yes, there it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> spent, my, my wife and my mother-in-law and I spent like an hour talking about this podcast because it, it really is uh, super inspiring. And I, I think my favorite thing about it, uh, my wife pointed out, she's like, oh, I'm having a brownout right now. I'm intentionally avoiding politics in the news. It's too stressful. I don't want to deal with it, you know? And I said, you know, what's so, what's so wonderful about our podcast is that it's actually about like trying to get away from the partisan drama and the toxic yep. fighting. And frankly, the infighting in both parties, parties too. Are 100%. Like, it's just, you know, the alt-right is fighting with, you know, regular right-wingers like me. And then you've got, you know, like the Bernie bros fighting with like Biden status Joe guys. And like, it's just well, it's and like, like the noise. The noisy, yeah, out. Can we just... Can we please just come together with some reasonable compromises based on math and vote for Andrew Yang, please? Show, <laughs> go over because yes, that's it. Please do that. Math and reason. All right, I'm hitting the button. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang Gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag Moving Forward Pod and uh, find and join the Moving Forward podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>